0: shock treatment has been given for depression for something like 40 years now. It's a very successful and uh, useful treatment for severe depression that doesn't respond to other things.
1: But depatterning is a use of electroshock treatment in a totally different way,
0: in which instead of giving the shocks, say, two or three times a week, uh, they're given two or three times a day for three or four weeks, reducing the patient to a sort of animal, vegetable state from which it's hoped that they would recover in a, a, a more healthy state of mind. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of hopefully your Dopally most favorite uh, horror-talking podcast, enjoying, recording, toying with your emotions, toying with the things that you love. Um, you know, you get your musicals in life. You love the musicals. You love horrific things. Love shocking things, um, you know what I mean. Uh, does everybody know where I'm going with this? Did you read the title of this episode? I <laughs> hope so, because that's going to tell you, not me. All right, you tell yourself with reading. We're trying to stretch the mind here, get people reading again, um, strengthen your mind for the next stage. All right, folks. Mel, how you doing over there?
1: I'm doing. I'm doing. Been an interesting few weeks. <laughs>
0: I know, I know. For uh, anybody out there following along at home, might know Mad Mel's been, you know. She recouping
1: tap- from surgery.
0: She's got a tap dancing uh, accident gone very wrong.
1: <laughs> and, I told uh, people I couldn't dance, but nobody wanted to listen.
0: Well, she had the tap dance on their face like Bill Cosby used to do. and uh, left them all done up. Speaking of the cause, you hear about the cause? I wasn't even thinking about this, but since I brought up the cause, he was in the media recently because they were going to let him out of prison, but because he didn't take the class, the the sexual predator class in in prison, they're not letting him out.
1: What a dumbass. Like If that's all you need to do and they're going to let you out, take the fucking class.
0: Or at least... Well, I have an opinion on that. Or at least um, they were going to let him go up to the board. I don't know if they were going to let him out out officially. Well, this is the thing. I think the Cosby... What are you
1: going to do? Let him rot away? I mean, he's going to be yeah,
0: of course. This is the thing. I think...
1: Well, not necessarily. That's. I, thing.
0: Thing, I, I think Cosby... I give... It's weird. I think Cosby's trying to reclaim his innocence to still kind of hold on to his legacy. Now... This is almost Shawshank Redemption, Breaker Man style, where they're like, "You could be free, but you got to admit to being wrong and, and show your show your uh, regret for it, well, that
1: you're actually sorry for what happened." Yeah,
0: which if he did, this is a weird deal. Like, I don't, I never watched any of the trial. I don't know anything. I know there's a lot of accusations. I do yeah. know that in this world, sometimes those accusations can be false. But could you could you imagine? Could you imagine in, in in twenty years or whatever? Look, if, if it was proven that Cosby never did this, and he and he like, and they kept him in prison because he he refused to just break down and say, "Yeah, I right, did it." Could you imagine the Academy Award winning films that could be made from this situation? Yeah, don't
1: kidding. Hey, I mean, and more and more on a daily basis, you're hearing more and more cases that are happening like that. Like there was just a recent one on the news. um, like two black men that were supposed to be doing life sentences for murder found guilty, getting out of prison because, come to find out, it was they were actually telling the truth when they said they didn't do it. Imagine that.
0: It's a horrifying thing, you know.
1: You know they they they, they did they did a twenty year bid, a piece, but for something they didn't do, just for them to like the law to find out that it actually wasn't true and that they and they got
0: out. Then they give them a check for like twenty grand. Like a thousand dollars for each. year they lost like that's supposed to be an okay thing. Yeah, that's
1: supposed to be okay. I just lost twenty years <laughs> of my life. Missed my child growing. You know, if they had children, you missed their children growing up. Or
0: it's know, kind. Of, you know, it's horrifying.
1: But it's- yeah, like they missed out on so much, and they didn't even do anything wrong. Like I'd be, I'd be fucking livid. I'd probably be back in jail for fucking killing somebody. But...
0: Well, don't don't put that in there. <laughs> cut that out, buddy Butterfuka. Cut yeah, no. Who's to who's blame in a situation like that? Who actually didn't? Multiple people didn't do their job, you think, or what?
1: I don't know. Like, that's a hard one to say because, like, you know, there's so many dirty cops and lawyers and judges. Yes, yeah, I'm saying it. I'm putting it out there. They need soap. Everybody, you know,
0: suffering succotash.
1: And it's like anything else. You're going to come across people that are dirty, you're going to come across people who aren't. Right. Unfortunately, it sounds like a lot of th- these poor bastards got stuck with the dirty bastards that were like, fuck it. You're black. You fit the description. You did it.
0: Yeah, it's horrifying. You know, the, I mean, it doesn't you
1: know, necessarily have to be anybody that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a black person, but like just anybody in general. Yeah. Oh, you fit the description. You're guilty.
0: Yeah, that's a scary thing. That's very scary if you kind of put yourself in those shoes and you think about it that way. It's. Horrifying, Yeah, I Horrifying it. shit. Unfortunately, you
1: know. you know.
0: But I think that um, I think that Cosby's just trying to uh, reclaim his innocence because I wonder how long they can actually keep him if if he never pre- if he never breaks and admits to it. I wonder what how, legally how long they can keep him for. But then you take a gentleman like Charlie Manson. Uh, uh, plot twist. Bill Cosby's the, the next Charles Manson.
1: <laughs>
0: if, that, if Bill Cosby twisted himself into the next Charles Manson, imagine that world. Imagine if there was a way for Cosby to, like, f- awkwardly. Imagine if there were not that, uh, not that Manson did anything good. I'm leaving that aspect for I a mean, second. I
1: mean, but imagine
0: if Cosby flipped crazy. this into, like, a weird positive thing in the end yeah, where okay. he reclaimed like, if he was pretty, like, if he, he never, if he never, you know, never admitted to it, and then later in life, a couple years after, they were like, all right, we, we were lying or whatever, and then they were like, you, you never broke the man, you never broke the man, right. One of those okay. things, and they let him out, and can you imagine, he'd be, could, you know, Cosby, before this legacy. I mean, what is he? He's in
1: his, he's like in his 80s now, isn't he? Or close before to this- it?
0: Yeah, before Oh, yeah, yeah. But before this situation, um the legacy of Cosby was
1: The Jello Pudding Pop Man.
0: Yeah, but before Pat that, you got to you got to take into consideration he was like one of the biggest clean comics that ever came up. And then yeah. the biggest thing that he's ever did is Cosby Show, and you know, that Cosby Show, you know, say what you want to say, that co- that show taught generations of people had to be a father. I'll, I'll argue that to the day I die. I can't think of another black or white. You take color out of it. I, you know, I can't think of another show. Maybe it's just the time I grew up in, but I can't think of another time that showed father is the right thing to do <laughs> more than that. Right. Show. Um, so like that legacy alone is iconic. And that's why the fall was so like, how oh, what came out of left field. That fall was like when Robin Williams fell. From yeah. the doorknob to the floor, type deal, the um and that that went out. Everybody floored by that. That was horrifying. Let's get into some rocky horrifying though. So today's episode is we're going to talk about some of uh, some musicals that have some heavy, heavy, heavy
1: horror influence
0: to them. Hard influence. You know what I mean? Yup. Um, glorious film, Gloria, You want you want to kick off the list?
1: Ah, uh, sure. Um, okay. I guess we'll start this bad boy off with what
0: a what a crazy segue we go from Cosby into musical horror. I just want to make right? note that we should be nominated for some type of award for that segue right there alone. If yeah, I-
1: we're really we got some weird segues.
0: I hope people are listening because we did it big. We did that for the people. We want the most obscure segway of 2021 <laughs> right? that's what we want the award for the gold yeah award. right uh other segue. <clears throat> we're sending out our love to leo pond our boy yeah daddy leo
1: he's doing the, and doesn't have to be in the hospital much longer
0: the god Daddy, it godfather of the door getting much love to leo leo doesn't listen to our show so he'll never hear this but we, we're sending <laughs> our love anyways What's Leo and everybody else on the dorkening network having common except for four people? They don't listen to our shows. (laughs) Hey! But we are sending our love to um, Leo. Leo's a good man. And we're hoping for a speedy recovery. So I'm going to segue that. That's a three-time. I want a three-part, very obscure uh, segue situation award 2021. So, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, all right?
1: Yes, very iconic cult movie.
0: Super iconic, you know, from the Richard O'Brien, of course, uh, who plays Riff Raff in the film, not to be confused with Riff Raff the Rapper, which I don't know which one's more scary, to tell you the truth. Um, <laughs> but he- and it's
1: a theatrical movie debut of Tim Curry as Dr. Frank Buttex.
0: Was that the directorial? I mean, the actorial debut. Yeah, theatrical
1: wow. debut.
0: Movie debut. Movie debut. Uh, what a, what a, you see, that's one of those roles too that are so defining as a role that a lot of people could have got typecasted and lost and never bec- been able to like come out of it. You know what I mean? Because it's such a, that's such a, a colorful and over the top and memorable character. Craziness. I,
1: I, I love this movie. Like, it's one of those ones that, If you haven't experienced it live, you know, with the, with the, the cast performing in the movie, you have to do it at least once in your life.
0: Yeah. Have you done it? I didn't know that you did it. I have done
1: it. I did it. God, I think it's been, it's been a while. I was in my, I I had just turned 21 when I did it. Wow. Yeah. It was a while because like there used to be a theater, Meadowbrook theater in, in Warwick and every Friday night, they did it. So one night, like I, I mean, I'd always been into it because my dad, you know, I grew up listening to the, the soundtrack because my dad was a, is a Rocky Horror fan. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So, you know, since I, since it came out, I was exposed to it. Right. So, you know, my dad was telling me about, he, he used to go religiously every weekend. They went and did it just because it was, was so, so much fun to do. Yeah. So he was like, you need to take A, B, C, and D with you, you know, so that you can participate with it. I'm like, what the hell do you mean, participate with the movie? Right, and then I right. get there, and they start de- going through everything. And, like, when everybody gives up, you get the toast, and, you know, like the water guns for the rainstorm and all that shit. It's just so much fun. And, like, now you have, like, the RKO R- Army and, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the, um, the kids, the Albany kids in New York. I think it's something like that, the Albany kids. They've been um. They were on the Scarecon um, vendor circuit a couple of the times that we went.
0: I and, see. Yeah. Like
1: high, you know, they're so high energy. They're so and there's so much fun to be around. And like when they start doing reenacting the movie with the movie, it just it just adds that much more to it. Right. It's just like a, it's just like a super fun movie that you you really you do, you have to experience it at least once in your life at some point with the cast performing it while you
0: watch it. Yeah, no, for sure. I remember uh, roughly around that, uh, uh, my, the same age, probably <laughs> somewhere between t- probably 23 to 27, somewhere is in there. I went with a group of friends. We went to, uh, East, East Bridgewater had a theater, and it was the RKO Army. And we're going back like, yeah, like 15 years ago, maybe more. Um,
1: Mendon Drive-In,
0: um. Oh, Mendon, nice.
1: Yeah, throughout the summer, and they'll they have like the, where they do it, and the RKO Army will be there on and performing while they show the movie, they, which is kind of dope because yeah. you're in the you know the drive-in's a, a great experience for people that have never been to one anyway. Right. So you know you get to you you get to go to the drive-in, you get to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and you get to see it with the cast. And who the hell is going to complain if you start throwing toast at one another there? You know, That's
0: true. That's true. <laughs> the birds will eat it. <laughs> you, you did the, the popping of the cherry act. Yeah. Yeah. Everything.
1: Well, they, like the, the whole thing.
0: The popping of the cherry act is where they bring up all the new people. They, 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 they go, Hey, anybody who's never been to a screening before, raise your hand and you raise your hand, they bring you up and they put a balloon, they fill a balloon up over there and they put it between your legs yep. and then <laughs> they walk by and then they pop it. And that's like your initiation into it. And I really love those culty things like that. Like when you can really incorporate the audience and the fans and the movie all into one thing, it's a beautiful, that's like the magic of these films. Um, And it's kind of a beautiful thing that that, that those RKO Army folks do that. We should try and get some of them on the show to talk about it for an anniversary episode. That'd be pretty dope. Uh, um, But yeah, I remember when I went, there was a girl uh, playing – Magenta that uh, I had the crushes on. I think the the magenta girl is, is always because from the movie. I mean, she's a very se- very sexy. You know what I mean, Susan yeah. Sarandon, the sexiest I think Susan Sarandon's ever been in her life is I think in this movie. It's a very sexy film. And yeah. I have I told you, I think I told the story on the show before about how I wasn't allowed to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show as a kid. And because uh, I, you know, and I didn't know why for the longest time. I didn't know why. My mom was like, "Don't you can't see, it, you can't see it." Um, keep in mind, I grew up in a religious house. Um, I mean, I did too, and... and then we snuck yeah. it, and then we get we, me and my buddy Lad Martin snuck it. Uh, we rented it from the library. <laughs> when we brought it back to his. I was thinking, like, oh, we're gonna, this is going to be horrifying. This is going to be so scary. Rocky Horror like, Picture or Show. Or
1: like, how bad could this actually be? If you yeah. can get it from the library, yeah,
0: and it, well you'd be surprised. The library, could, they, whatever they give you, give the library. They'll put out there pretty much. I'll
1: um, oh, see the ones around here. The things that they have available to you know actually take out are is very minimal, and it's like everything is like family friendly.
0: We're going back. When I was a kid, you could get videos that were half Sesame Street, half Bobby's snuff film. You know what I mean?
1: Now, now the library's around here.
0: you got to learn how to fast forward through the gory parts of Sesame Street. That's what they say.
1: That's hilarious, um, though.
0: That's what the therapist says. <laughs> I'm going through the gory parts of Sesame Street, Matthew. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so, but yeah, Rocky Horror, great. Yeah, oh yeah. Then uh, I we eventually watched it, and I I realized that it wasn't you know I wasn't not supposed to watch it because of all these
1: like the transgender.
0: It was more. It wasn't the the horrific nature. It was the the more diffic, the more dick, the more dick face, uh, more dick, uh, homosexual things that uh, of sexual nature there's there's naked men in it they're running around they're tapping their their fucking foot to the beat coming down
1: like everything with me like i didn't even i don't know maybe i'm like i'm not normal but like as a kid my main attraction to that movie was it wasn't even what was actually going on on screen it was the music I I was like old. when they like when they did the time warp and you know they start oh, yeah. dancing like that's my focus was there was no other focus other than that seeing I that at like six the, years
0: old I think the fear is with the parents that are afraid that their kids will be gay I think that's the horror that comes with that movie and the fear that made, kept me away from it was the fact that I think my mom didn't want it to make me a gay person or something I don't know what the story I don't know what it, <laughs> I don't know what else, other other explanation it can be. Uh,
1: I wonder, I wonder how, like now with the transgender community being so much more on the rise, yeah, what their feelings are of this movie.
0: They should c- celebrate the hell out of it because it was out there waving this in people's waving faces this flag right before around. they
1: even made it into a <laughs> thing.
0: You know, I'm a big believer in say th- even, like, if something's making light of something, it's not a big deal because it's creating discussion. You know what I mean? Even, even if there's jokes about a certain topic, I don't think they're bad because it's making everybody comfortable and on the same page. And it, it, it creates yeah. an even playing field for people to have an open discussion.
1: It makes, it discussion it. It makes it for everybody to feel more comfortable. Yeah.
0: So, like, if there's a joke in a, a movie that's sexual or racial – like, it, I don't automatically think that this person's racist or, like, you know, whatever. It's like, well, you know, it doesn't fit the film. And then, you know, the, the whole deal with, you know, it's an interesting topic. But, uh, yeah, I think that they celebrate it. And if they don't, they should, by all means. But I'm pretty sure they celebrate it.
1: Yeah, I'm, they have to. I, I mean, I don't know offhand.
0: But, like, cult. it's such ver- a
1: fantastic movie.
0: There's very few movies as cult as Rocky Horror Picture Show.
1: Like I didn't even know that there's a, a different version where there's like an extra song added into the end of the movie. Like I think the I
0: think, I think um, that was later the Canadian later,
1: yeah. version. Yeah, there's like an extra song that they use for the outro. The out, yeah, the outro in the movie.
0: Uh, we have a shock treatment with Mel and Maddie. Fun fact for everybody out there, real quick, and that fun fact is that the name shock treatment officially spawned from what is the sequel. To Rocky Horror Picture Show, a film called Shock Treatment.
1: And what's funny is, is when we came up with that, I didn't even know that there was a sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show called Shock Treatment.
0: Few do, few do. They don't get. Uh, RKO Army does not perform that one. I think.
1: I don't. I've never even actually physically watched it. It's like it's one of those ones that I haven't really. It's wacky. Tried to find either.
0: I own, I own it. It's a wacky film. Um, it's uh when when a when a playwright makes a film and it's successful because the the material is so good, and then they try to make another film just thinking that that that, that they're gonna catch energy in the lightning in the bottle again. Well, kind of with the same formula, I think it falls flat because whatever was big already happened and it's, you know, and, and the woo, the freshness of it coming out. So I think that's why in shock treatment, it's not a bad movie. I do think people should watch it. If you like Rocky horror and the zaniness of that and stuff and the wildness of that, you'll probably like shock treatment. But yeah, that's why there's weird movies that don't hit for whatever reason. Like you could take a film like Dr. Detroit, a Dan Aykroyd vehicle, which is a comedy that was amazing. By I the way. think is one of I think it's one of Dan Aykroyd's best films, but it failed and nobody really talks about it because it was the first film he made without Belushi after Belushi died. So it had that weird burden on it. But it's realistically probably the best Aykroyd vehicle outside of like the Ghostbuster films.
1: Yeah, that was that was absolutely fantastic. We ended up uh re watching it after we, we were at your house and watched it there. Yeah, because we were like so into it, so like that was actually so really funny, and those like you know those sexy 80s shorts, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember the, the Devo. Great, I love it, dude. The Howard Hessman. Um, I I remember stumbling into that VHS randomly and being like. Wow. That just, from that point on, became one of my favorite comedies of all time. That There's also a movie called Madhouse with John Larroquette and Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley. That's
1: a great movie, too.
0: Fantastic. One of the greatest comedies of the 90s, and that is saying something. Um, and I think you can find that. That's pretty attainable nowadays. I think it's on streaming or on Amazon or something. Yeah. Uh, that was another one of those movies that you just... Devoured. I devoured so many films as a kid and a teenager, and even you know to this day. But I always remember like stumbling into that movie, being like, "Well, let's check this movie out, see what this is all about," and just being like, "Wow, this is great!" Uh, so that they yeah, the, both of those movies, Stone Cold. That, that's another movie that devastatingly great and underrated. Uh, but don't give it too much hype, or you'll hate it. Uh, that should be like a shirt. Overrated, uh, uh, dangerously overrated. But don't give it too much hype or you'll hate it. Yeah, that's my fucking. I want that on my tombstone. That was that. That was great. Dude. Dangerously underrated.
1: You should make that your quote on your Facebook page.
0: I gotta. I gotta remember what I said, and then maybe, first, dangerously underrated. Oh, I already forgot it. Dangerously underrated. But if you, if you fucking forgot what Matt Fisher said, then you gotta hate it, dude. <laughs> okay. Alright, let's get back to the show. I think the universe is telling me something. Yeah. Alright, so next up, we'll go into Little Shop. Little, Little Shop, Shop
1: of horror.
0: Horror. Which So
1: which is- one is the one you saw first? Did you see the version, the black and white with Jack Nicholson or the version with Rick Moranis? I, 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 Rick- I saw them both.
0: i seen both, but i seen Rick Moranis first. Uh, I, I saw know, Jack first. Oh, yeah? I went back. Jack's a little more serious, if I remember correctly. Uh, As a kid and even an adult, dude, that Rick Moranis' Little Shop of Horrors with the colors and the cartoonish of it is just one of the greatest. I consider it a children's movie, and I think it's one of the greatest children's movies ever made. It's a little edgier than a regular children's movie, but a children's movie nonetheless. We have
1: Um, pictures inside Audrey's mouth. From Comic Con,
0: <laughs> uh, quite possibly. Um, yeah, I put it up there with quite possibly my favorite, one of my favorite musicals. Well, th- I put it like this: I'd have to see Little Shop of Horrors, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, uh, The Wizard of Oz, and um, probably Rocky Horror Picture Show are the greatest musicals ever made. And in-, in the wall, and I'll put the wall in there. Those five films. Wow, the- huh? Labyrinth. Labyrinth. I get. You know, I'll get. Yeah, the labyrinth is great. I, I still go with my five as my fave, personal favorite, but labyrinth would be number six for sure. Little shop, little shop of horrors. Now the father of your
1: <laughs> the,
0: the father, or or a young version rather of one of your favorite modern little people, directed. Little Shop of Horrors. Fun fact, trivia for Mad Mel. Do you know who directed The Little Shop of Horrors? And he was not in the form of this character. The gentleman's name was Frank Oz. Do you know yeah. what little, you know what little, little cute, uh, um, let's just say this. Not a no.
1: Vern Troyer? Doda. <laughs> Yoda.
0: Yoda. Frank Frank Oz is the voice of Yoda. Yoda. Yeah. Frank Oz is known mainly, I believe for voice acting. Well, not mainly, but notoriously for, for, uh, his voiceover work. Um, and he directed a few things, one of them being little shop of horrors, you know what I mean? Which is, uh,
1: I think
0: he has something to do with the dark crystal too. He, I I was just going to say, I'm checking it out, but there was another movie he did that was different. That, um, was like equally as fantastic. He did the Muppet show. Yeah, he did. Uh, let me see here. Cause I'm not, it's not jumping out to me, but he's done a little bit of everything. that dude. He's, he's done voice on everything, everything you'd think of. Um, but directing the dark crystal.
1: Dark crystal is a favorite. I love the dark, dark
0: crystal. Yeah, dark crystal. He directed the dark crystal, in 1982, Followed up by The Muppets Take Manhattan. That's iconic in its own right. Uh, Sesame Street Learning by Numbers. Then he followed up with Little Shop of Horrors. Then he got Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is... That's a good, fun comedy from its time. Yep. What About Bob is one of those movies that is great because Bill Murray and fucking... Um,
1: he was like, actually at Knives Out, too. He played Alan Stevens uh, and
0: yeah, well, I'm talking to his... His voice his like voiceover work. House setter with, uh, fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, how, uh, the hell's his name? Sinbad with the Sinbads up Indian in the cupboard. You know, I got special love for Indian in the cupboard because they made us watch it in school after reading the book. So I got in and out. I dude in and out. I, Kevin Klein. I despise because he took my lady Phoebe Cates out of the picture for me. But in and out is the greatest achievement of Kevin Kline's career. I'll fight someone to the death on that one. <laughs> Bowfinger, Bowfinger, he directed that. Uh, he directed The Score with Brando and De Niro. That was good times. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Frank Oz did a lot of cool stuff. But yeah, yeah, back, he's to, awesome. yeah back to Rick Moranis, who just came out of retirement in time to get punched in the face in New York.
1: I know, how horrible is that?
0: Yeah, he'll be all right. He doesn't want to do Ghostbusters, but he wants to get punched in the face, right? Uh, I guess the you know the, the curse of the he was in New York. Uh, he was too close to the firehouse, and the fucking slimer got him. One of those evil spirits done jumped in somebody. So, in
1: I I so this is just came into you know my news office. Yeah, they in pre-production right now is Little Shop of Horrors. And the top-billed cast is Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans.
0: Um, Scarlett Johansson...
1: He's going to be Audrey.
0: Of course, yeah. I don't like that. She's very cute, and she kind of has the look. I think she's a little... I don't think she'll fit, you know? What about the girl that you don't like from Child's Play it would have been a better Audrey? Oh,
1: God. Uh, you know, as much as I freaking hate her, I think so, too. Aubrey Plaza?
0: Yeah, and, and, and who is it? Chris? Chris Captain Adams. America? Captain America. Yeah, Captain America ain't fucking no nerd, dude. He don't even fuck nerds. He's not, like, let alone be a fucking nerd himself. The, that, um, that's, a
1: hard, that's a hard bite for me with him in that role, too, because
0: I'd rather see he's trapped in
1: America. Like you can't. He's not Clark Kent. You know. I'd rather it's like, see, the whole I'd rather see fucking
0: Seth Green. I'd rather go into a time machine and get fucking Seth Green to do it. I like fucking Michael Sarah. Go back a couple of years when everybody cared about Michael Sarah, and I like Michael Sarah. I, I enjoy yeah. him. I think Michael Sarah would be a, there's got to be a nerdy looking dude currently right now. You know not They give it to the fucking that awful comedian that fucking everybody loves. They made Which the Staten Island movie. Oh, 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 they give God. it to him. He's got a nerdy yeah, look. He, Why can't he yeah. be fucking Rick Moranis, the future he, he, Rick Moranis? He's, he's, he's like, almost he's got that Rick Moranis face.
1: More believable than Chris Evans.
0: I can't hate on him because my brother loves him. So he must be doing something right.
1: Yeah, I just I just found that, you know, kind of funny that that's in pre-production with those two as the two main characters.
0: Yeah, well, that's insanity. Frank did our return for the reboot.
1: It was supposed to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the role of Seymour, but the plan fell through.
0: I like that better.
1: I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
0: M- Maybe it's just a weird thing where they said, we lost Joseph, but if we don't move quick, we're going to lose all the funds for this film. And they said, let's just get fucking anybody who wants to do it so we can make this movie.
1: Yeah, but That's- why Chris Evans? Like, What is he, upset he's not Captain America anymore? It, it just doesn't fit.
0: Even, even, um, even the kid from Whiplash—that Tyler Miles, Tyler or Miles, Miles Tyler, whatever.
1: Yeah, I even, even, even hit me be better. Up. Even hit me be a
0: better up. role. Yeah. There's, dude, in in the world where Hollywood supposedly I- accepting everybody of all body types and all stuff like that and all looks, there's gotta be somebody big time popping right now that has a great nerd look, and that's the key. To Seymour, man, that's the key.
1: Yeah, he's playing. Chris Evans is playing Orin.
0: He's playing um, who?
1: Orin. Oh. But the, the Taron Egerton is 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 playing Seymour, and
0: even oh, actually,
1: I don't that, see him as Seymour either.
0: Is that Egerton dude, the dude that was like um,
1: Rocket Man? He was Elton John.
0: Oh, okay. I and thought he was out of that like British guy that played the girl in that movie a few years back.
1: He was in War of the Worlds, the musical drama. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah.
0: He's also in uh yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Kingsman, he was eggsy in the Kingsman movie. Um, I
0: know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, he's got a kind of a right he's got like a rugged look. He's like a more rugged Tom Hardy, maybe like you know what I mean, type vibe. Yeah,
1: I think. I, but the, the nerdy thing doesn't really i don't see the well, nerdy cannot, thing with but it depending on
0: you can if you have a certain look with <laughs> with mannerisms and such you can you're a good actor with mannerisms and such you could really play up that nerd thing yeah um like like take up toby maguire dude don't look is like a good look it doesn't look like a nerd but he played it he played
1: peter, Wonderfully, really peter well, parker
0: awesome really well and i'm not hitting on toby maguire unless he's going to call me back <laughs> um but yeah, Little Shop of Horror is legendary. I'm kinda disappointed there's gonna be when I think of a reboot of it now, I think of like a Disney Channel reboot of like or some horrendous channel seven like play, like a live televised performance.
1: Oh, it's gonna be like or you know, it's movie. gonna be like when um they did like Dirty that. Dancing and they had it they redid Dirty Dancing for TV and it was like Vanessa Hutchins or something and it was like absolutely atrocious, they should have left it alone.
0: It would be like when they did that All in the Family thing, that, like, live All in the Family thing recently.
1: Oh, God. Yes.
0: Scary. The world's a scary place. You know, we got things like people talk about how COVID's horrifying, terrorism. Check out that All in the Family live TV thing. Shake your bones. Your your bones turn to dust. it will make your bones turn to dust in your flesh. It's horrifying. Scary stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Um, This was a great vehicle for Rick Moranis uh fantastic. Uh, this girl, the girl that played Audrey, Ellen Green, fantastic. I loved her. You know, I don't know
1: just something about something about her whole look, that like fifties pinup vibe that she had you like that you couldn't miss her when she was on screen.
0: I wonder if Shelley Duvall um, auditioned for that role.
1: Well uh, she's too stick to olive oil.
0: She she was the the greatest. Like she was made to play olive oil.
1: Yeah, for real.
0: I feel like Shelley Duvall probably read for this Audrey character, and Orrin uh, is the character. The, Steve Martin, the dentist. Yeah, which, Chris Evans is actually. I, I think that's pretty good casting for that because because it, it, uh, Steve Martin does. He has that kind of that. He is a handsome dude, and he uh, he's comedic and it's dark. And I think Chris Evans can probably do that.
1: I think, yeah, that, yeah. Not as...
0: If they, said, if they said fucking Jason Momoa and say, Jason Momoa got a go Yeah, no, be- even, I,
1: even I wouldn't approve that message.
0: I don't think anybody would.
1: That's a nightmare. Nightmare,
0: a nightmare. before yeah. Christmas, maybe? Yay, great segue. Definitely That's a bad. nightmare before Christmas. What do you know about Nightmare Before Christmas?
1: I know that I love this movie. It's so much fun. Like I never really, I never thought that I'd get into like a kitty movie that, like, because it's so like clay the claymation type, the way it was shot and everything. I kind of lost interest in kitty type flicks, and you know that kind of revitalized my love for Disney-esque type movies.
0: Um. If it wasn't Maybe for, something
1: something more relatable than Ariel wanting to be where the people are. You know,
0: if it wasn't for a nightmare before Christmas, a hot topic would only be something we talk about before podcasts. When we go, what would be a hot topic to talk about?
1: Yeah, seriously, because you can't go into hot topic without even buying something that's Nightmare Before Christmas. Everything in there is that.
0: Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, <laughs> emo music and Nightmare Before Christmas. Is the blood that goes through the veins of Hot Topper.
1: Yep. But, I mean, I you got to take it into consideration for what it is. Jack Skellington and and Sally are awesome characters. Yeah. You
0: know? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I like the.
1: <laughs> you think style. that even even no, I know you do. And like considering you know I'm 43 now, I I I, ha- I still have no problem with sitting and you know pulling this movie out to watch because it's still it, it holds up. Yeah. You know, it, it's something I can watch with my nephew and you know, the more things that I can get him introduced to, I'm a happy auntie.
0: Yeah, you know, I appreciate and I appreciate the darker animation stuff too, you know.
1: Yeah, because you know, it just shows them everything's not rainbows and butterflies.
0: Henry Selleck directed it. Henry Selleck directed one of my favorite animated movies, The Child, James and the Giant Peach very, uh, out in the community. I, I, I'm not into the animated community, uh, movie community, but that movie should be one held high. I always thought that was, out of all those like stop motion type films, I always thought that was great. And I also remember reading that book around the time of the movie, but that's probably just because I never thought about it until now, but that's probably just because when school knew that a, a movie was coming out, they probably just that that's how they picked what book people were going to read because they knew that maybe it'd be like, get the interest of the kids somehow.
1: Exactly. Like I know a lot of the times, like growing up when I first started getting into reading, it was fun to be able to read the book and then be able to see the movie. And then as you get older, you still like to read the book and you still like to see the movie, but then You know, if you're actually really paying attention to what you're reading, you're like, wait, they left this out. Oh, wait, they didn't do this that way.
0: (laughs) I I think I'll give you a fun fact into my past. My will say uh, we'll say parents. So we're not blaming one person. Um, But my parents, maybe my mom, was not (laughs) a fan of me. Not did not even like or want me watching A Nightmare Before Christmas. Because she thought it was negative towards actual the holiday of Christmas, and I love my mom to death. And though I, I now now this is never hard times to my mom, but if by the smallest percentage that my mother ever listens to it, I love you to death. Um,
1: it's just but, funny because, like, I know, I know, like with with my parents and whatnot, and anytime they told me I couldn't watch something, which very rarely happened, yeah, it just, it just, you know, it's like. It just makes the kids want to do it more. What? We can't watch it? All right. I'm going to rent that the first second I get that you're not paying attention to what I'm getting.
0: Yeah. I bring that up because this is the second movie in like two movies that I brought up a story of my mother not wanting me to watch a movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah. My, my, I mean, as religious as my mom was, she just went with the flow.
0: It was, yeah. Mine was very is weird. There's certain things, like and then the Simpsons. Like she was big on me. Not she didn't like me watching the Simpsons and South Park. But every Friday we'd have that new we'd have that new Jean Claude Van Damme movie breaking people's necks and Stallone cutting people's heads off and stuff. You know what I mean? But yeah, I could watch like, like,
1: my, like both of my parents. Like my mom really. I think it was more the fact that you know she liked to keep. Uh, my mom was the hard ass between both yeah. of my parents. So like, I wasn't allowed to do much. So, you know, if that was how she could keep us from not wanting to be out and roaming the streets, that she didn't, she she was gonna let us let us do it because like she hated when we spent the night out unless it was like at like a family member's house. I could have all the sleepovers I wanted, but it was very rare that I actually got to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know the vibes.
1: Yeah. So like the things that she was over. Protective about we're, you know, a little more into it, but like she didn't, it was very rare she told me I couldn't watch something. That's why she had, you know, her and my dad would wake up many nights with, you know, me in bed with them because I had a nightmare from whatever the hell horror movie it was I watched that night.
0: Yeah. You also, you also a Corpse Bride fan?
1: I don't mind the Corpse Bride. It's not a favorite.
0: Is, is that but, a musical? That's a musical as well, um, right?
1: It's got some music, it's got music involved in it, too. It's not that, not as much. It's more along the lines of, like, Paranorman and, like, Frankenweenie.
0: I had a, I had a, you ever see Dead in Breakfast?
1: Um, no, I don't think
0: so. I, I bring that up because that kind, I think, fits into the same category where it's a horror. It's not quite a musical, but there's, re- music plays a heavy part in it, you know what I mean? Yeah, like. part. There's different parts in the film where, like, they br- literally break out into song in the middle of the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're not expecting it. And if anybody wants a, a little teaser of, of, like, the best part of that, that that whole deal, type in, dead and breakfast, we're coming to kill you. Um, <laughs> that's, it's like a weird country... It's like the whole movie's got these like country dudes, like a country band that is like in the background of the movie, and every now and then it goes to them and they'll do a song. Yeah. And there's a part when they're, when they're, when, you know, spoiler alert, zombies are coming to the to the dead and breakfast. And uh, <laughs> the dude's on the truck and they start doing this rap song, and it's like, I'm coming to kill you, I'm coming to kill you, but it's like surprisingly great. And maybe it's I just
1: so random.
0: Maybe it's just because I grew up liking The the Clowns, the ICP. It was very ICP and horrorcore-like.
1: My dad likes horror movies, <laughs> but my mom was the horror movie fanatic. But my dad know. my dad loves ICP.
0: I still like them, man. The like I think, my,
1: my, my dad's, like, 65 years old, almost, going to be 65, and my dad's a friggin' juggalo, It's Hysterical.
0: shout out icp shout out Jump Steady, we were at the gathering hoping to go back
1: yeah i want to experience that that sounded like a really good
0: time yeah, it's good times uh juggalos are the best we have juggalos that listen to the show so whoop whoop and uh yep. shout the fuck out y'all thanks for listening we need more fucking juggalos listening to the show
1: yeah, yeah. the juggalo community has been very very accepting <laughs>
0: Hell yeah but next on up we got repos on the list just because I know I and, and you know that I'm I not a fan.
1: It. I'm I'm not a fan of repo I think yeah. it's boring and drawn out and I could do without it
0: repos when 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 hot topic thought for a second that they were worried about losing losing uh, out to another store to maybe like a Newberry Comics, losing business to Newberry Comics. Then a movie called Repo, the Genetic Opera came out and made sure that Hot Topic would not be closing the doors anytime soon. Um, I probably should go watch this because I probably I watched this when it first came out and I thought it was complete hot garbage shit.
1: <laughs> I've, seen I've seen it a few times, and one was more recently. Like, within the last five years, I've watched it. I think I, I watched it like ten years I, ago. I, 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 still, I still fucking hate it.
0: It The movie's so bad that Darren Lynn Bowsman I always give hard times to. Uh, well, that and the fact that all those movies I don't like. Uh, no offense, Darren. But, um... Yeah, I don't know, man. Repo is one of those movies that people You either love, love it or
1: you hate it.
0: It has, like, a weird – more people love it than hate it, though. It's weird. It's like yeah. – I don't know why they love it so much. I guess it's because if you would ask them, it'd be because it's so fucking cool, Matt. That's why we love it so much. It, yeah, that's it must, not an answer. <laughs> it must hit – I know. It must hit on some weird – I think it's a bunch of people that like different things and it hits on hits certain things, elements that they really enjoy that I probably don't enjoy as much as they do. Um, but, yeah, I remember when this came out, this was a big deal and stuff. And... I
1: mean, it's got a great cast. I mean, Paul Servino, Anthony Head, Alexa Vegas, you know, Paris Hilton, Todd, Joe
0: yeah. Well Paul Savino's good times. I mean whenever I think of Paul Savino, it, he could literally t- it's just him from the good from fucking good fellows. Yeah, I don't I think know. I've ever seen him play anything other than that. No offense, Paulie.
1: And even if you have seen him in other things, you know, the other projects are what you're gonna think of him being in first for a repo. Right.
0: Last I heard from Paul Savino. It was on TMZ. He was telling Weinstein he was going to fucking kill him if he ever seen him, because I guess he like his daughter, Mira Savino, very beautiful, wonderful actress, I guess was one of the actresses that uh, Weinstein tried to be a scumbag with. So, so Paul was going to kill him. I thought that was yeah, honorable, you know what I mean? So in the
1: ocean with some cement boots.:
0: Let him know you don't think that's cool. I don't know if Paul's got ties to the old uh mobster world. I know that I'm
1: trying know. I'm trying to figure out how Paris Hilton actually, you know, fit into the friggin' horror genre because, you know, she was in I think she was she was in repo first and then she was in House of Wax after that and like or no, she was in House of Wax and then she got repo. But like she can't act. She you know Her sex
0: people. I mean her well, then, she was only put in it so people as as clickbait.
1: The promotional for her, yeah, hours, she, her whole her is clickbait.
0: Bait. Her <laughs> whole entire career is clickbait. They go, oh, people care about what she does for whatever reason, like in every re- regular day life. So if they see she's in this movie, maybe they'll watch her movie.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, that was their intention for that. But it's like, and it's like super fucking super cheap move. I feel because. Uh, the movie's going to catch hate for doing that. And she ain't bringing nothing to the movie. She ain't bringing nothing positive to the, the people she's bringing into the movie are probably people that I'm going to, the movie's not going to hit with anyways, and they're not going to like it. And yes. you know what I mean? It's just a weird deal. It's a weird vibe. And I don't, she ain't doing no superb acting performance. That's going to bring anything to it. You know what I mean? I mean her,
1: like know. her, like I said, her acting skills, The her in like house of wax, the best part was when she got killed.
0: I heard triple X-rated movie House Iraq Wax or the other one.
1: The like, actual other one, the you know.
0: Oh. <laughs> Somebody told me that wasn't that bad. I never seen it.
1: It's not a bad movie. I just can't stand her.
0: Vincent Price turned over in his grave.
1: I'm pretty positive about that.
0: Fucking moonwalked in his grave. He Thriller danced in his grave when he heard that shit. Horrifying. Um, Bill Mosley, our pal. he's in genetic opera of course.
1: and I love Bill and that's nothing against him, but I still hate this movie.
0: Bill's a good man, you know rock and shock Native always good to see Billy boy. Um, yeah there's a lot of folks probably if we weren't d- diving into it deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, what do you got what do you got next up on your list?
1: Um, Sweeney Ted. Uh, the Gambler of Fleet Street with Johnny Depp and Helena bottom Carter.
0: Directed by
1: our, one of our favorite directors.
0: I went to go see Sweeney Todd with the lady. I think. Um,
1: I mean, anything that Tim Burton's a part of is usually
0: a movie pretty deep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And who doesn't love Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter? You know, they work really well together. Three of of them.
0: (laughs) That's what his names wife, I believe.
1: Yeah. Well, was. I think they got divorced. Uh,
0: No more acting roles for her.
1: Not in his films, anyway.
0: Sweeney Todd was a fun movie. And, you know, Tim, for whatever people want to say about Tim Burton, dude's got a style... Uh, and I do appreciate his style. I think he overdoses on his own style a little bit. Um,
1: but it's think, what he's known for, so he
0: sticks with yeah, what he knows. I think that Tim Burton and Tim Burton dude is one of the one of the like probably one of the most, the auteurs of his times, if you will, um, artiste. You know what I mean? I do believe that. I give him credit for that. But I do think that he's a dude that later in, in later years started. This is why I worry about the new Batman. Uh, which I hear him and Michael Keaton are doing a new Batman movie. But I think Tim Burton's a dude that not so much get high on his own supply type deal, but I think that he caters to what he thinks his fans want to see more than going out there and creating something new and fresh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see. exactly. But I do think he's talented and I do think that he can. I, think, I still think he could reinvent himself and have a whole nother successful career of people looking up to him going, that's Tim Burton, we remember. You know what I mean? Yep. But, um, because did you hear that they're doing a Batman with him and Michael Keaton?
1: Yeah, I heard about i I didn't know it was Tim Burton. I knew Michael Keaton was in talks to do another heard, Batman, I it, and I, I didn't to... realize it was him. I was I mean, I'd watch it just because it's Tim Burton oh, I... and it's Michael Keaton, so I'm in.
0: I'm gonna watch it just for the dynamic, just yep. to see that dynamic. I mean, every every fan of of Batman pretty much one has been wanting to see that combination come back to the screen for a long time. So the fact that it's finally coming back, um, is people are gonna rejoice and go see it now. Whether or not, whether or not it's you know gonna live up to the hype, and believe me, there's gonna be an incredible a amount of, of hype, hype around it. It's yeah. almost sad how much hype will be around it because so much hype that it's going against it already.
1: Well, like we just said, you know, don't live up to the hype because the hype will kill you or make you hate it.
0: That's the scary part. Plus this new Batman, the people are loving this new Batman so much as well that they they might try and compare them, which I don't think. I think they're going to be very two very different types of Batman movies so they shouldn't be compared, but I think they're gonna be compared being so close to each other. And I think that the fact they're gonna be so different is gonna probably hurt people. And it's weird because people always say they want different things, but they never really do. They just want something to complain about. Um, What's your next favorite film that's a musical?
1: Um,
0: May I add one? Go ahead. I wanna add the Brian Del Palma masterpiece, Phantom of the Paradise.
1: Oh, I was going to say Phantom of the Opera for
0: a second. I <laughs> have uh, note of that. I know there's been multiple ones. Robert England even did one uh, back in the day. Now, Phantom of the Paradise is a film that I didn't see till a little later in life. To believe it or not, and uh,
1: is that the one with Paul Williams?
0: It is with Paul Williams and William Finley is up in there. I like
1: Paul Williams. He's a good actor.
0: Paul Williams, my you know, my second favorite film with Paul Williams is a movie called Frog. It's a children's movie, and it is fantastic.
1: I haven't seen that. When the moon hits your eye like
0: a big pizza pie, that's amore. Shotgun suicide to finish that off. How <laughs> epic would that have been? Um, <laughs> The you know, Phantom of the Paradise is about a disfigured composer who sells his soul f- for the woman he loves, loves, so that she will perform his music. However, an evil record tycoon betrays him and steals his music to open his rock palace. Um, like I said, written and directed by Brian Del Palma. Um a horror you know, faith- it's got
1: to be lengthy.
0: Yeah, Garrett Graham, a facial recognize uh, from, like, Bud, uh, Chud 2, Bud the Chud. Um, he's also, I believe, in Night of the Creeps. Um, you know, uh, he's in another, he's, like, a very notable horror face from the time. Um, and it, you know, in the music, this is the thing, is it's artistically beautiful to watch. Um, it has such a weird, almost, like, slasher vibe to it. I
1: I kind of want to check it out because
0: it's on Amazon Prime. And the music. The music is really good. Um, Superb, I would even say. Makes me – I might even throw the soundtrack on after the show. That's how great the music is. Um, I I, I think somebody – Arrow, I think, re-released the Blu-ray of it not too long ago. That's really good. You could probably find it somewhere. It's big enough. It was obscure. It was obscure or more rather harder to find for a while. But it's more out in the open now. But it's definitely worth a watch for anybody out there. And, you know, certain folks out there I know don't um, like musicals for whatever reason. They just don't like them. Which I can say, okay, cool beans. But this is like a weird, it's like a rock opera. This is like probably what. Uh, Repo was hoping to be in a way. In a yeah, way. this
1: is this is one of those movies that I'll watch by myself on my laptop with my headphones on while you know yeah, doing like a... his class because it's not something that he'd want to watch. So,
0: <laughs> but surprisingly, he might because the, the style of it, the fact that it's such a well put together movie for anybody that does like musicals, that might make up for it. The fact that it's a well put together movie. To the point where it's, like, it's a good musical and a well-put-together movie. It's a weird vibe. It's it's a weird vibe where, like, you almost, you get sucked into the film so much, you don't even realize it's a musical around it type deal. Yeah. Which is a, you know, you got to appreciate that. Um, Brian Del Palma, you know what I mean? Uh, classic masterpiece. Yeah, you can't
1: go wrong with Del Palma.
0: You know? He is fantastic. Brian, speaking of Brian Del Palma... You go on the Boombastic cast, check out episode um, The Highwayman with Happy Anderson. You can hear a special story of Happy working with Brian Del Good stuff. Check it on out. Check out, support all Boombastic media shows. Booyakasha. But Mel, definitely <laughs> Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, I'm definitely going to And J-Dub, dude, you're like, you'll probably like it. I think you'd like it if you. It's musical, so like you, you know, maybe you might want to take something that might help you enjoy something like that. You know, get you in the whole the groove and get your shoulders moving, your feet tapping. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like I said, the music's actually pretty good. So, and the visuals are nice, and the dude in it is iconic. When you see him, you'll probably have noticed him from something else. Um, the look to this day, is still fucking pretty iconic. I'd wear it on a t-shirt. I don't know why I don't have it on a t-shirt. I'm gonna have to look into that. Um, we should look into getting Paul Williams on the show to talk about this film. That'd be I think
1: cool. that'd be cool. He's and still not even,
0: going.
1: Yeah, not even just for this one movie, just for everything that he's been in. Oh,
0: for dude, He was a gigantic music career. Yeah. He, yeah. Was, he was on Gilbert Godfrey's show. His uh, colossal podcast show a while back. So I know he's still kicking it. Uh, do you have anything else on your list?
1: The other, the last one I have is Phantom of the Opera.
0: Phantom of the Opera. It's
1: all-time favorite.
0: A little I've, mixture.
1: Yeah, I've loved Phantom since, like, my junior, elementary, going back to, like, elementary school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Phantom, Phantom has always been a favorite. I You know, I remember seeing it at PPAC on stage for the first time and then i've seen it i saw it in new york on broadway and you know it's just i the you know the the movie version with gerard butler and emmy Rossum from um shameless
0: yeah it's just
1: it's just a it's just such a great musical and you know i, I think even i think robert england even was in a version of it too and the soundtrack—it's just you know. There's just moments where it's you know the, the music just hits you a certain way, and you're like in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had, um, yeah, no, it's yeah, it's, it's a good one. Next to my dead in bre- dead in breakfast like honorable mentions of horrible films, I put down um, fucking Jesus Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. Have you ever seen that movie?
1: I've never even heard of it.
0: I this is back from a time when I was. If a movie came out into a store, that meant I should probably buy it. That it was like <laughs> it was like that moment in my life. Uh, so like I bought this. It's like very trauma esque, but it's not trauma. Um, Tromeo and Juliet. Romeo and <laughs> Juliet. Hey, yeah, Romeo. They, trauma is a lot of you know, Cannibal, uh, Cannibal, the musical. You know, that's all. Uh, right. poultry, poultry, guys. Poultry Geist. Uh, the talk, yeah, all the I think just what everything Lloyd does now I think they put uh, music in I think there's a yeah. he's a big fan of musicals he's been quoted as the, saying he's a big fan of musicals um, that's why there's so much you, you know he in, in, in incorporates it it's funny to have that classy musical side mixed in with trauma stuff
1: well and, is, and there's a lot of like other than the music aspect too with trauma there's a lot of like the Shakespeare element to his stuff.
0: Well, I wanted no. yeah. Oh. I also wanted to bring it with through that uh, like the Toxic Avenger got its own musical not too long. Yes, ago. You know,
1: that's right? gonna be that. I want to see that. Like that'd, that'd be fun. Me.
0: I also I want think to, that would be
1: a great night out.
0: Yeah, and I want to, the Reanimator got a musical. Evil Dead got a musical. It's it's fun. So like these music, it's funny. You can almost have done a flip how we have all these. You know,
1: yeah. Usually, it's musicals becoming movies, and now we're yeah, gonna get movies yeah, becoming musicals, which is kind of
0: musicals dope. It's a fun little deal to it. Um, I'm gonna use this time to announce that I'm directing a musical for Harry and the Hendersons. It's gonna be on Broadway come August, so I'm, come support your boy.
1: Are you being? Are you serious right now? No. I was gonna say because that would be fucking pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that is.
1: That's very cool
0: and very serious. And I'm doing a very, I want a very financial GoFundMe page to start that. Let's get that going, folks.
1: Hey, why not? I've seen worse movies get GoFundMe's. I've seen worse ventures get GoFundMe's and be able to pull in some good money. So why not a Harry and the Henderson's musical?
0: I want to make, if only we could make creative a a, a fantastic idea like Harry and the Henderson's.
1: Battery's not included. But with Pokeballs.
0: I support that. <laughs> I actually want to do Harry and the Henderson now. No, physically. that would be cool. You now are you feel how how familiar are you with Harry and the Henderson, real quick?
1: We just watched it not too long ago. All right, I, was now, on, f- I was on an eighties kick one day and we watched that. Batteries not included, short circuit.
0: Hell yeah. I'll give you I'll give you a super deep dive. The first time I ever met our pal Ray Booten... The first person who popped in my head was that game hunter that tries to kill Harry. <laughs> who look who has that Lucio Fulci that, look yeah. to? Him. Yeah, I was like there he is.
1: Live and in person.
0: Yeah. Um awesome stuff also i would love to go to see one of these musicals that'd be cool when, when, oh, when yeah. we get back to normal we'll be all fancy like we'll bring out our, our, our shock treatment our t-shirts with the suits on them and our t-shirts with the dresses on them and stuff And we're gonna go we're gonna go to some classy musical stuff <laughs> um i had a film on my list that i've never seen and um that i wanted to check out while with this research i know you also had a film on you that you've never seen but you wanted to check out yeah. uh, what was your film real quick if you want to bring it up
1: the one i wanted to see is more it's like a more recent one i think it was like it was Anna and the Apocalypse hmm.
0: yeah oh, i think that i think that might be on netflix or amazon or something but i could be wrong i want to say netflix but i could be i could be deadzo wrongzo i mean
1: that. a zombie apocalypse the little you know, threatens a sleepy town, a little haven at Christmas. So, you know, that could be good times.
0: Yeah, it's got good stuff written all over it. I mean, it's got, I mean, yeah. I, I don't,
1: I don't have a clue as to who anybody in this movie is. Yeah. At all. But it looks like it's fun. So, you know, I can, I'll give it a chance. If I can't get into it within the first 10 minutes, I shut it off and I try again at another time.
0: Just like music. We don't like music. Pretty much. That's what you do. You just you just take it and you change it. You change it to do what you want to do with it. That's how you get crazy with it, you know. Um, nah, I'm just losing my mind. It's getting late, so we're going to wrap it up shortly. My film that I have that I've never seen that looked interesting in my journeys I'm so ashamed of what I just said. That was so terrible. It wasn't even funny. It was fucking horrible. I'm retiring (laughs) after this episode. Um, The film is called The Happiness of the Katakutis. Right? Um, A Japanese film directed by the wonderful Takashi Maike. Uh, You might know him from um, glorious films like uh, Ichi the Killer, you know what I mean? I believe he was... uh, what else did he do? Uh, um, Q, what is it? Q, uh, visitor Q. Um, audition, of course, he did. Mad Mel. Just got her yeah, hands
1: I'm, I'm, I'm big yeah. into that one right
0: now. Gozu. Uh, you know, there's some cool, you know, copies of that out there. 13 Assassins was a funky movie. That was one of the last ones I've seen of his. But I believe he's still going to this day. But, yeah, Takashi Maike is the man. Uh, uh, credited with the compl- with the influence, the reason the the, the the reason we have Eli Roth's hostile films are completely credited to Takashi Mike and uh, Eli credits them, so it's not like
1: I yeah, it's not know. like we're we're just putting that out into the universe. It's not been like said that. already. It's
0: not like I'm talking fucking shit. Uh, came out in 2001. The year of uh, Space Odyssey, uh, as, as well as the year of 9-11, right? Yeah, 2001 was 9-11. Yeah. Um, you know, a family moves to the country to run a rustic mountain inn when their horror, the customers begin befalling a sudden and unlikely fates. Now, this is said that it was a horror musical. Like I said, I've never seen it, but it has some disturbing imagery, um, it looked like it had weird mixtures of claymation and dream sequences, which are always fun to mess with.
1: Yeah, that's not something you want to watch, like if you are like tripping on acid or something, because you're going to have a
0: bad trip. No, 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 no. Even though, but although, tripping on acid with a musical could probably be an interesting adventure.
1: I, if I like, I've never done it before, but if I'm going to trip on acid, I think I want to do it with Rocky Horror. <laughs>
0: Talking about extra acidic orange juice, is that what you're talking about? Yep, all right, good because I wouldn't want you to be talking about mind control substances. The Um, only mind
1: control substance I'm on are from Big Farm.
0: Those are the worst ones, Mel.
1: I know I'm better off with weed,
0: better off with anything else. Seriously, you gotta be careful. But on that note, they're (laughs) trying to to shut down shock treatment with Mel and Maddie from the inside out. Literally. Well, with that being said, like you said, we're going to skate <laughs> off into the musical world, and uh, we're all going to throw on some musicals and have fun. We're going to dance the night away. Um,
1: well, as much as my cripple ass can right now.
0: <laughs> I know. It's funny that we're yeah cutting a rug uh, and, uh, you know, cutting, cotton, cotton, cutting, horrific style, blood and guts all over the ceiling. Um, cool Beans. If uh, if we piqued your interest, which we hope we have, maybe in a film that you may not have ever seen that is a musical as well as a horror film, go check it out. Or um, if
1: it's one that we didn't mention, and yeah, hit us see, on up. You know, message us on the Facebook page for Shop Treatment. Let us know.
0: There is plenty more out there. You know, we could have done volumes of different multi-parters, but uh, we're giving you this. Straight from the heart, That I'm everybody to
1: death with like a five-part episode on 9,000 different horror musicals because there was actually, there was more to it than I thought there would be.
0: We thought we'd give you one from the heart. Mm-hmm. That is a nice Francis Ford Coppola joke for people out there that uh, watch all types of genres of film. But I could be expecting more than, uh I could be expecting a little too much from you folks. So with that being said, we want to give a big shout-out again to Leo Pond. Uh, We want to shout-out to Juggalos, ICP, and Jumpsteady. We want to shout-out all of our friends who made these these fantastic films of uh, musical talents. Shout-out Lloyd Kaufman. We wanna shout out the gentleman behind the South Park films, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, always incorporating music into their musical talents. They're all types I, I
1: actually think there is a horror there is a horror musical that they're involved in. Oh really? Yeah, there was one from it makes, Trey Parker's in
0: it. Oh yeah, yeah, I said that one, uh in the trauma Cannibal the musical.
1: Oh that's the one he's in?
0: Yeah, uh, where they yeah. Yep. Okay. When the you know Cannibal the Musical, you know, there's certain there's certain um, films that trauma's kind of acquired by people that have gone on to do bigger things. Bigger things. Cannibal the Musical is one of them for sure.
1: Definitely going to be a good time though because, you know, it's them.
0: <laughs> oh, it's, it's from the minds it's from the minds of the dudes that did South Park and you can definitely see the humor that's to come. Um, they also did a film called Orgasmo.
1: Orgasmo, I just saw that. Before,
0: and, um, that was before South Park, and that's actually a really fun one, too.
1: And Terra Firma.
0: Yeah, they do cameos in Terra Firma. There's probably musical elements to that as well. I don't know, actually. That might be the um, Citizen Toxie might have been. I think there was a musical number in that.
1: Either way, they're all good time movies.
0: Oh, I love them! Everybody
1: him. can check it out like,
0: It's just what is the best.
1: You never know <laughs> what you're going to find.
0: I know when I listen back to this episode, I will go, "Oh fuck, I forgot about that movie." Always happens. Always yeah. happens.
1: That's why I sit here and like I have notes written, and then I'm writing more notes on the side for things that I haven't seen to see.
0: Multiple notes. We have multiple notebooks. We have you know, multiple links and pages open on laptops and computers. I think, I'm on,
1: I think I'm on, like, volume, like, six of notebooks.
0: <laughs> um, if you want to, we're selling our notebooks, the Shocktree with Mel and Maddie notebooks are up for auction uh, on the page, on the Facebook page. Last numbers, I think that's $370,000, though, and 25 cents for... And it we, have, we
1: sold it in 10 minutes.
0: They have the the Maddie notebook with my brains all over it, if anybody wants that. That's up there. You can pre-order that. That's up for pre-order, if anybody's interested. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and with that being said, get out there, kids. We'll catch y'all on the next episode of Shock Treatment with Merle and Marty. you oh.